Hello and welcome back to the second episode of Bring Me the Demons. I'm Scott. I'm Shauna. I'm Avril. Hi, <laughs> Patty. I didn't know who's going next there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is our second episode. And before we begin, we have to address that we are not in the same room. We are currently doing this uh, podcast over Skype because of uh, a virus that you may or may not have heard about is a pandemic right now. And we are social distancing as we've been instructed to do. So if there's any audio quality issues, that may be why. Yes, and that is why there might be a bit of lag between conversations, because we don't know who is going to speak next. And We're the internet guessing. is not always reliable. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So if I disappear halfway through, um, I wasn't kidnapped by demons, but like, you know, we'll make that it we up. Know of. That, that we, we know, know of. of. Yeah. 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 I'm sure I'll know of it. <laughs> okay. So, where do we want to begin? Um, well, I suppose we could start with our little Netflix party. We did have a Netflix party. We did. Oh, but first, but first, what about thanking people? Oh, yeah. Thank you so much to everyone who tuned in. Yeah, we have uh, a good estimate of people who tuned in, so we're very appreciative yes. of that. Yes, yes. <laughs> and in future, if you are tuning in, like, please feel free to like tweet us and get in contact with us or talk to us. The more interactions, the better. And share it with your friends. Yeah, we'd love that. Um, and also, if you are interacting with us, that was our next topic. We have started a Netflix party due to the this whole virus pandemic going on right now. So, yeah, our Netflix party. So we did it, what night was it? What, two nights ago? Friday? Oh, yeah. yeah, Friday. Friday, yeah. We watched The Exorcism of Emily Rose, directed by Scott Derrickson. I think it was, what, 2005, I think it came out? Think yeah, so. I think so. Yeah, sounds right. Which we should yeah, mention yes. was recommended to us on Twitter by a poll. Thank you, Twitter. <laughs> or Very maybe helpful. not thank you, Twitter. Depends on what everyone thought. Yeah, oh. what we thought of it. <laughs> That's a good point. Maybe, yeah, maybe screw you, Twitter. You have terrible recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know. Uh, I think it's really cool. I think it's like, I think it's a genius idea for what's going on at the moment. Like, top-notch marketing mm, <laughs> right now. Very much so. Um, it was fun and like you don't know who's going to join once you put the link out which is really cool too so you don't know who you're going to meet and like we had a couple of friends join us but yeah I think it like I think it's really clever that one person has control so nobody's out of loop it's being paused at the right time and we all get to enjoy the jump scares together even if I did press on the keyboard a few times and pause it accidentally <laughs> yeah and then not know who did it <laughs> sorry about that I did like the mystery though you know when you do set it up and everyone and people start joining because at t- first, until they write in like a nickname, you've no idea who it is. It could be yeah, anybody. You're like, hello, tell me your name. Yeah. And I think it would well, actually be cool in future <laughs> to get more people to join. Yeah, I'd love that. And especially, as, like you said, when you don't know who anyone is, just no one used the real names. And you have to try to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, that's like me. <laughs> I dropped in with a nickname and everybody was like, huh? Who is, who is this? <laughs> Maybe I should have played with it. But um, I also think like it's it's pretty handy because what else is there to do right now but to tune into Netflix? Yeah. Um, and there isn't like a very, very wide, like ma- majority, sorry, I couldn't speak of, of horrors on Netflix. So like, it was cool to kind of narrow it down, pick ones none of us have seen. Especially because um, I'm too afraid to watch them on my own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's but a problem, right? I'm actually surprised we found one that all of us hadn't seen. That was hard. Yeah, that was hard, but that was pretty cool. Um, and it made you like explore more than than what you can normally see because I actually hate the way sometimes you can't see everything that's on Netflix you know it like recommends like 10 but they could have like 100 and usually it's stuff you've already seen because they're like you like this and like yes I did like it the time I watched it 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, give me something new. I did indeed like it. Now move away from that, please. Yeah, exactly. But um, especially yeah, I was fine as well. I get it recommends me movies. I'm like, yeah, you might like this. It's like I did when I watched it, you know, ten years ago on DVD. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I always spend a lot of time going around Netflix being like, yes, I've seen this. I'll, I'll like click the movie, jump to the very end, and just quit it off so it doesn't recommend it to me anymore. Sometimes I think it's broken. Do any anybody else get like a? Sometimes I'll get oh recommended to you because you watched The Haunting of Hill House, and it would be like SpongeBob, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, what? I mean, like, there's some really all. creepy episodes of SpongeBob and Ferris. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> you know, when they do the zoom in on things' faces, and you're like, oh god. Yeah. Yeah, I they, guess, they, yeah. Maybe, maybe some people think that's horror. I'm not sure. Maybe everybody has different warped perspectives of it. Well, I mean, like, you could argue it's more horrifying than some of the exorcism of Emily Rose. True. Ooh. True. Ooh. Maybe we should get into our yeah. our experiences <laughs> with that. I'm, I'm taking that you're not, you weren't a fan, Paddy. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a really good, like, hour-long episode of Law & Order. Yes. You know? <laughs> Like I was, I said it's a solid like seven out of ten courtroom drama, and I, I I'm actually going to be more. It, I said it was a, tr- a solid three out of ten horror the other day. It's actually only I'd say a one and a half, if not a two. Uh, I don't know. I think that's a bit harsh because when oh, it, there is scary people, they are kind of creepy, but there's just not enough of them. I mean, like the actual exorcism part was quite creepy, and the possession was scary. But it's just not that often. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I think maybe it's just I think the title of it screws me because I hear the exorcism of Emily Rose and I think, oh, yeah. the exorcist. So I'm comparing it to that the whole way through in my head. Yeah, you're expecting something absolutely horrendous. You think of all like, like the scenes. Yeah. Yeah, you think of all the stuff that goes on in that, and then all you get in the exorcism of Emily Rose is she's standing around and like she shouts a bit, she bends over, and then suddenly she starts speaking German. Yeah. <laughs> which you know like saying it like that doesn't sound as creepy but I don't know it's the kind of film at the time I was like yeah that wasn't terrible and the more time goes on the more I'm like oh oh yeah that wasn't really a horror movie that was just a yeah. creepy episode of Alarm Order would the slight scare factor we felt still have been there if we hadn't been together no no that's, that's probably the thing like it's you're more sus- like in suspense when you're by yourself yeah definitely and it was nighttime, so like you know. that's true yeah, well, I feel I mean, like I was sitting here watching it like nighttime lights off on my own headphones in, and even still, it was it wasn't scary. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel yeah. like there was only one part at the beginning that I jumped, and I don't even think it was like a what what happened. I, I think like spoiler alert, but I think there was a part where she was in her like college bedroom. Mm. I think that was the only that was the that main was, like, yeah. horror esque scene that I remember because yeah, yeah, because the rest was kind of like predictable exorcism stuff it wasn't like you know so disturbing that you were like i can't look it was actually kind of like it, oh okay it was that scene where she was running around and she was seeing everyone like all the normal people but she was seeing them as demons with like yeah. demonic faces and stuff that was good that was like yeah. the one there was like a bit of style to that as well because there was like a lot of silence and kind of like you know a lot of it was from her perspective but then yeah a- afterwards they showed it like from the realistic angle to what like the other side of the courtroom were explaining it took the scariness out of it for me a little bit oh, that yeah, was the big thing for me yeah because by the time i was i was invested and and like what you were seeing what she was seeing you're like holy shit this is happening this is creepy but then once they sat and nitpicked that in the courtroom that made it not scary but the actual parts that were there were at the time you're like oh my god whoa that's something but yeah. by the time it got nitpicked to death it made it not scary anymore, which I suppose is what happens with everything that scary it's, that people explain happens. <laughs> it's the kind 
kind of film I think like uh, and especially when you see stuff like Sinister and other stuff he's directed you really yeah. can tell that the fact that it was a true story killed it on its feet because yeah. there yeah, couldn't be any suspense it was I like think... oh no this actually happened and this is why it happened and this is what the court thought so yeah the fact they were following like a play on play drama of what the real life court case took place like that that in itself is not horror genre you know like yeah her story yeah it's horror because she was supposedly possessed by a demon but you can see how like you could argue that that film is and isn't horror it could easily pass as both her acting was good though she was very good she was really good. And very, yeah. she was. She was. She was very, very good. It's probably the highlight of the film. Since it's embedded in my head that she's just that girl from White Chicks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I think of every time I see her. Like, yeah, you expect her to just burst into something stupid. So the fact that she was so serious actually made me be like, whoa, she's actually <laughs> quite good. Like, she's actually very good. Like, speaking of White Chicks, the two guys dressed as girls on that—they are generally scarier than that entire film. <laughs> I'm just just putting it out there, like. <laughs> yeah, they really were. Like for ninety percent of that film, you could sit back and relax because it's just a courtroom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm, I think the fact that it, yeah, as you said, the fact that it was a true story didn't help as well because I'd say it's mostly a famous story because of the court case and the only like information they have on the actual night was the tapes that they showed and a couple of like anecdotes. So I suppose that's yeah. all they really had to play off of. Yeah, but and like. When I first seen that case, like, a couple of years ago, I remember, like, I was genuinely terrified by her picture. And I think that's why I expected more from the film as well, because I thought the photographs and the evidence and the the sound of her, her like, voice being recorded absolutely petrified me. Actually, and the, the case you're actually referencing, the real-life case, that's obviously the, the German girl, just to yes, put it yeah, there, people just, that maybe just, don't know. Yeah, there, there was a real girl. Her name was Annalise Michel. I think that was her name. Um, and that's who Emily Rose is based off of. Um, and like, but I even found like, cause the photos aren't disturbing. If you do want to look them up, it's just that she's like more gaunt looking and like her face yeah. kind of sunk in and she just doesn't look well. But like those photos are probably more disturbing than some of like the exorcism material in the film. For me personally, I thought the biggest issue with it in trying to be scary or scare you is that because, you know, generally in horror, you're used to it kind of starting off. Everything's kind of bright during the daytime and everyone's cheerful and happy and things gradually get darker and scarier as it moves on. But this was going back and forward so much between courtroom, scary bit, courtroom, scary bit. You kind of forgot you were scared at all because you got so invested in this court case then. So then you came along and you're kind of not really paying attention to the supposedly scary bits because it kept unscaring you again for too long. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. Kept and there was no build up. There's, there's no build to this big crescendo. So by the time the actual exorcism came around, it was so kind of explained to me. I wasn't yeah. scared by that point. I was so used to what to expect. And the scarier bits were actually not the exorcism, but actually what was happening to the lawyer, in my opinion, in yeah. the house. Yes. yes, but even but even those parts that were happening to her, nothing happened. Nothing happened, but there was tension there. There was actually a build up of something. There was I don't know this after the first uneasy. Like after the first been... three times they threatened to do something and didn't actually do anything, I just stopped caring. There, I was like, nothing's gonna happen. She just keeps noticing it's three o'clock. I feel like there wasn't a lot of screen time for that. I, like they kind of like hinted at it, but if you, yeah. if you added it up, how much it showed from her and her apartment, it could have been like ten minutes. And yeah, the only thing that happened was like a bit of something fell off her kitchen counter and <laughs> that was scary the scariest part was she never cleaned up the glass she spilled what on the floor what was that like. about why did she never clean it up <laughs> yeah but I feel like with her parts you were kind of only getting into it and wanting it to get going when, the, when it would cut back to when daytime yeah, yeah exactly yeah you'd wonder would the movie have worked better had they have told 
Emily Rose's story at the beginning as a full scare movie part and then left the last like 30 minutes to the court I type thing. I think I would have preferred if they'd come along and they done this as a court case and you watch this whole court case unfolding and in the last 20 minutes was her entire actual experience of an exorcism yeah. because then it's one big chunk of oh my god what the hell is happening to this girl. Yeah. yeah true and true. that's after this whole explanation where they're trying to logically explain everything and suddenly then after all that your brain is going yeah sure it's nonsense this is what happened she had epilepsy yeah, she yeah. Had schizophrenia and then when you see her in one massive chunk of oh my god what's happening to this girl I think it would actually have scared you yeah you yeah, would have been like okay shit no it was not schizophrenia yeah your she whole brain your, just, your brain would have just discounted completely what they were yeah. saying yeah I feel like the way like, they did it got rid of the scares a bit you yeah. know, in the second Conjuring film, when your one comes in and she's trying to, you know, the skeptic one, and yeah. she's talking, she's doing the same thing, trying to disprove it. But then you have a massive section where of everything you awful see happening. everything happen, and then you're like, obviously she's an idiot. Look at all this stuff happening. Yeah. Whereas with this one, it was like two minutes of scary, twenty minutes of explanation. So you're like, oh. Right. Yeah, because actually, like what you said, similarly to the Conjuring two, like it, it's almost like. In that one, Ed and Lorraine have exhausted their efforts and are actually heading home. And then they head into this massive, scary finding that they discover. And you're like, oh, shit. And then they have to rush back. And that gets you so back into it. If they had had something similar to that, maybe it would have been more investing. After seeing like films like The Conjuring and that, I think I expect to be more scared by stuff like that now. Whereas I feel like they didn't do enough. It was too much suggestion. Yeah, no build-up or payoff. It was just suggesting something the whole way through that never really went anywhere yeah although the bed scene was scary yeah that was creepy that was that, quite that was good that was very sterile wasn't it that was well yeah. done yeah that okay. was her first okay. kind of experience with it when she first kind of got possessed but that that's that was my problem with it because there were so many really good like scenes where it's setting up something like that mm. and then it's never mentioned again it's and even at that because I wasn't really again. sure what even happened to her she just kind of seemed to be sinking into bed choking and then it was just like oh oh it's gone what yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it was. I, I really do think the whole like courtroom explanation dissection of the whole thing just took any horror parts away from it. Yeah, I feel like it would be like a, a pretty good recommendation for somebody maybe just getting into horror or wanting to know a bit more about like real life cases because it's a pretty tame thing to to start with. Because yeah. to research the case, you'll get enough scares with that alone. It also kind of shows you the insights enough. But if you are a hardcore horror fan, you're not really going to be too disturbed or moved by this movie. But it might be good for beginning if you're just kind of if you're like interested, but like a bit spooked out by things, maybe then you'd enjoy it. I feel like that's I the think, kind of film. I think personally, the the best way to, that they could have presented this film was have it done as an episode of CSI where you know, they start thinking this is a scary thing and the whole way along, one of the detectives comes in and goes, I know, it was epilepsy and frame it as they're the good guys. Yeah. You know, that kind of way. Don't try to make it hard. Well, as you were saying there, like, make it the good guys that come in and say that. Like, did you feel that you didn't want the kind of guys saying, oh, this isn't real? You didn't want them to be right because they were no, so obnoxious. No, because they were such horrible characters. <laughs> they were they're really so horrible people, like. With a yeah, like mustache. The, oh, awful mustache. Never trust a man with a mustache that bad. Like, it was desperate. I also feel like it could have been, if you wanted to keep it as a horror thing, you could do what they did with the switching back and forth in the court case and what really happened, but have that finish up at, like, around the end of the second act, and then the entire last act is the defendant, like, and her experiences in her apartment, because I feel like her as a character wasn't, like, that could have been any human who was just defending yeah. the priest. Yeah. Yeah, and there was no real purpose as to why she was being haunted. Yeah, that was just, like, a, for, a few cheap moments of tension for a few yeah. minutes. 
I was saying that like even if it like went into her experiences a bit more or gave us a few more scares back in her house each night in the film maybe that would have gave her more momentum like to defend Emily Rose because she could be like even though I don't know how you stand up in court and be like it was a ghost because they're gonna be like prove it and you're gonna be like I can't I think I don't really see why they added scares in in her house when they didn't finish off or elaborate on her did did the hauntings just stop when the court case was closed or yeah. was she is she okay I think, like <laughs> i think that's one thing that a lot of films do which this one really really could have benefited from is that when the film ends and it's you know obviously spoilers whatever but they're like yeah so you're guilty of negligent murder and you know this girl died of the scientific reasons there was no overhanging thought of or did she yeah the whole yeah, thing yeah. was just no it was all science and no ghosts whereas if something ha- creepy had been happening to your one motivating her as you say and making you kind of believe the more supernatural element because the way the fa- film is framed the the ghostly thing is meant to be like the good guys and the scientific guys are just you know the bad guys that you don't want to win but then at the end it's just oh no the bad guys are right and it actually isn't real whereas if they had a left some ambiguity yeah. have something creepy happen to her after it you'd be like oh oh, may- oh maybe maybe there is something to this but yeah. then you're like oh no it just doesn't matter yeah but that's technically how how the real story ended it's still it's still kind of i suppose up for speculation that in real life some people do genuinely believe that she was actually possessed by a demon and others believe that it was negligence but in the real life case it it actually did kind of end the way paddy is saying the film should have ended people are still talking Like, like that even obviously the film may be taken you know a bit of exaggeration or artistic license with but just have something haunty kind of creepy happen at the end yeah just to, to leave a bit of doubt to make it a film yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. like it's not a documentary uh yeah so there was one part in particular in this movie that i just thought was kind of hilarious for like a brief second you get a glimpse of hope that the paranormal side of the court case are going to win because there is a witness who was there <laughs> oh yeah the exorcism <laughs> and he's like yeah look i'll come in for the testimony I'll be grand. And then he doesn't show up. And five minutes later, he's just in a random alleyway. Don't know why. And she's like, why weren't you here? And he is like, oh, um, tell Father Moore I'm sorry. And then some random car from off screen just comes in and absolutely whelps him into the, <laughs> the wall. And he's just there. Yeah, there was no explanation to who that was, why they did it. Because even we were questioning like on the side chat on the Netflix party. It, there was no explanation as to who it was because you immediately started wondering was it somebody on the prosecution because who would have the motive to kill him it didn't make any sense he why he needed to die it just didn't make sense yeah. and what confused me is like you know sometimes in these kind of setups of films they're kind of like suggesting that the supernatural is starting to interfere outside of the, whatever's going on because they either want to not get caught or get caught like you know what yeah. I mean so like yeah. you know what I felt like the supernatural element was also haunting this lawyer but it didn't you didn't know whether it was trying to haunt her to get her to stop fighting the case or whether it was the other way around because it kept at her like kind of bugging her and then you're kind of led to believe it stopped once the court case was over but at the same time it's like was this just random car driving down an alleyway where no one was <laughs> was that like a supernatural thing that made this car just veer off the road and go down and hit this man and kill him stone dead like <laughs> so yeah, what's the angle what's the paranormal angle do they want to be caught or not do they want it to be said it's oh it's only scientific so I can go on haunting other people now or what is yeah, it like, was it a least... ghost that mowed him down 
down in the car? Was it Michael Myers? I don't know. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> no, there was no music as he drove by. True. Well, we couldn't. We should maybe we just couldn't hear. He might have his windows yeah. open. Might listen oh, to no, it on no. headphones. Michael. Michael would have been bopping. You'd, you'd hear if he was going by. Like. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just what? thought it was strange in that way. Actually, and before we forget, what about ratings? And what's what's your final thoughts on this film? Uh, okay, I'm going to be really like as a courtroom drama, solid seven out of ten. As a horror movie, one and a half. Two of them generous. I gave it a five out of ten on initial viewing, but I think I'm gonna lower it to a four. And I'm kind of finding it hard to rate it because, like Paddy, it's almost like you're viewing it as two different films because it kind of was two different films. From like a horror aspect, maybe three out of ten, maybe three point five if I'm being very generous. Um, but like if you're into courtroom dramas, which I am, and real life crime stories, then like you will enjoy it anyway. But like, yeah, just just don't go for the scares alone. Well, I'm going to look at it just from a purely enjoyment perspective, not looking yeah. at those tick boxes of whatever, whoever decides what horror and horror is and isn't. But I'm just going to look at it from how I enjoyed it. I enjoy law, courtroom, CSI kind of stuff. I enjoy kind of spooky thrillers, that kind of thing. So I will give it a 5 out of 10 simply for that because it does do kind of what it's meant to do. It just doesn't have enough scares to make me enjoy it more. Yeah. But it definitely yeah. does, I think, what the director intended to do, which is to show the realistic side which I just think yeah. it takes it makes it less scary because yeah, yeah. and those parts not as scary actually, as the supernatural they were, interesting they were very interesting yeah. I think yeah. nearly it's just the closest, not what we're used to yeah yeah. I think the closest comparison film wise for me would be something like Silence of the Lambs and that's why I think I enjoyed it the most <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah that, that's what I'm basing my right off because if I'm like oh Silence of the Lambs is probably like a 9 it's a 10 if it is definitely a ten. A but 10. Even, even if you want to, <laughs> if you want to be argumentative, and you know, because some people are like no film is a ten over ten. It is. Hannibal so, would bite your nose off. Yeah, exactly. So, like, <laughs> if you're calling Science of the Lambs a ten, I really do think it's a four or five. Yeah, yeah. that'd be my comparison. So. I feel like overall, I wouldn't tell somebody not to watch it because I no, did no. actually enjoy it, and well, I would say, Wars. yeah, if you if you're gonna watch it on Netflix party you will enjoy it because the discussion amongst your friends throughout it anyway is funny and Even we all just got discussing mustaches yeah we got yeah, a good laugh out of it and, but like we, none of us ever <laughs> lost interest which I mean I think is good because I have watched horrors before that have made me actually end up looking at my phone the whole way through so what about Netflix party anyone watching anything else with it hashtag not a sponsor yeah oh, it should be <laughs> hopefully one day <laughs> um i feel like i haven't tuned into any more like horrors myself on next week's party i have been doing it with other people because obviously you can't see anyone but mm. um i have noticed like in the past two weeks they have added a quiet place the first one and they have added it so that makes it with you and i rewatched it today this morning by myself because i feel like i know it off my heart now but yeah i just rewatched that so if you haven't seen it chapter one like check it out it's on netflix um, you could party it with your friend. That would actually be a really fun Netflix party movie. It is fun. I did that. No, no, it wasn't actually through Netflix party. It was using the PlayStation chat thingy because yeah. one of the people didn't have a laptop. But it was it was still fun to do. I feel like that'd be a really good. One. But I don't know what else. Like, do any of you have any other like horror recommendations that ye have enjoyed on on Netflix that we could tell people about? I watched Veronica. Uh, oh yeah! What week. did you think? What did you think? I really enjoyed it. Now it scared the bejesus out of me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was really good. The scariest bit, and uh, to be honest, the whole lot of us—it was me and some of the girls—were watching it, and we all agreed the scariest bit was when your one's dad's ghost thing was just standing there naked. That was weird. <laughs> like, why was he naked? That's our question. Why naked? I, I haven't seen this film. So I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, That's we so watched it like it's really good. Like, and the nun. 
Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was one. Oh yeah, it was Ironically. one of those movies when it first popped up on Netflix. It was like plastered all over Facebook and Twitter. You know these ones like, oh my God, you will die if you watch this. Oh, like, I remember people hearing are asking about to be that. Blessed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's why we stuck it on one night because we were like, oh Christ, let's stick this on because it's probably going to be a hip shite. Because a lot of times when it's plastered all over Facebook, like you will need to be blessed by your local priest after watching this. <laughs> <laughs> they normally are dog shit. So we put it on and I think because we all went in with the approach of this is shit, they frightened the shit out of us. Like that is a scary film. (laughs) It is good. And it's not hard to follow considering like it's a subtitled movie. It's it's pretty easy to follow. Even when we were watching it, like I I kind of, it had that thing where it built up so much tension. Even when like little things that weren't scary were happening. Like there's one bit where you thought something bad was coming. It turns out it was just your one's mother. Like you were shitting it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) It's, It's a very good suspenseful film. Yeah. Edge of your seat. Like that that is a good recommendation. My other recommendation, which I didn't Netflix party, but I watched it recently, so I feel like it could count. Um uh was the movie Orphan, which I don't know how I never heard about. I know that, that so Paddy good. has seen it and, and yeah, and I've oh, yeah. um yeah. yeah I and I had the name of that film. Yeah, I had never heard about it before and I had seen the picture loads of time but just never took any notice. But that film is so good and the twists and turns are so good and that would also be a really good one to share with your friends. That's you actually one it. I might recommend for the next Netflix party I'm doing with people yeah. because I haven't watched it in years. And it's, it's so good. good. It, it yeah. it's great. Like I watched it when I watched it, I didn't know what to expect. It, it was just on one night, and I was like, oh yeah, I'll throw this on and watch it. And then halfway through, I was like, oh holy crap, what what the hell is going on here? Yeah, like I feel like I've watched a couple of films. You know those films where it's like somebody adopts a child and the child ends up being a demon. Ex- but, yeah, I was expecting something like The Omen. Yeah, that that's what it seems like. But oh my god, you you can't. You, you are not ready for it. You can't. <laughs> Actually, I feel like if you do it in a Netflix party, like maybe we should host that one on on Twitter because that is quite a good one. And I that feel like. Good. I haven't seen it. Yeah, so. I feel like Scott would enjoy that a lot. I would actually watch it again because you know when you watch films that have like quite a twist at the end, sometimes when you watch them back, the twist is kind of waved in your face a lot more than you realised. I'd be interested to watch it back a second time to see if if that's the case. I I actually don't think it is. Is it not? I don't think so. Not not as much as other films. I knew yeah. something was coming, but I didn't know that's what was coming. Something yeah. was yeah. definitely gonna happen. We'll like leave this one spoiler free. Definitely. For now, yeah. Yeah, I've just been watching like The Simpsons. That's the scary <laughs> thing I've been watching recently. Actually, I like I had never. I know some people are going to be very shocked by this, but I I never like religiously followed The Simpsons as I grew up. Like obviously, <gasps> I've, I've seen The Simpsons, That's but yeah, I feel like I don't know. I feel like we. I never purposely didn't watch it, but I just feel like when it started like hype thing in school and everyone was like, you know, rushing home after school to watch Simpsons at six o'clock. I feel like it had been going on too long when I first kind of heard about it and I was like, oh, you know, too late. Um, But like, obviously I've seen The Simpsons and know about it. And uh, it was only the other night that Cueve told me about the, the Treehouse of Terror ones and he showed me the first one and I freaking loved it. Like, they're so, so good. Had you never seen any of those before? No, never. Oh, they're so My good. My favourite is the Edgar Allan Poe one with their Raven. Oh yeah. That's, <laughs> I love no. that. My the one that like sticks out to me is you know the one where they get the robot to run the house and it's just Pierce Brosnan. <gasps> yeah, that that's so amazing. creepy. Oh, or no, no, their parody of The Shining. That's so good. Yeah, that's yes. the one I watched the other night. That's the one I watched. That was so good. <laughs> Great. Even now with Disney Plus, like that's a good recommendation right now because we have yeah, access. Just watched to that. The Simpsons. <laughs> I feel like it's a hard time to talk about horror when Disney Plus has just launched. <laughs> Anna, the Nightmare Before Christmas is on it. Like that's spoofy. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that, that that is a great film in fairness. Um, yeah, I feel like Disney movies scare me too. So like you know, we can. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> oh yeah, that's definitely for another day. Yeah, that's right. We'll in with Scooby Doo. We'll get there. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't on Netflix or Disney Plus because you can't find a lot of horrors there. 
but um, I have Amazon Prime on my TV, and I last night watched uh, Midsummer. Oh. oh yeah, I heard that was really good. Yeah, I'm still. It's like it's one of those movies that is just in my brain like ever since. First, I thought like the story wasn't really for me, but the filmmaking overall amazing, and it's one of the prettiest movies I've ever seen in my life. But the more it's sitting with me, I'm kind of like thinking about what happened and it's just i don't know i feel like i want to watch it again and i can definitely understand the hype i would highly recommend even if you don't like it to just watch it because you'll definitely have a very strong opinion and what kind of horror is it like what kind of genre of horror would you say mm, i i wouldn't even say it's like just a horror it's it definitely yeah. has horror elements but this was kind of like at one stage it's a horror movie and at another interpretation you could say it's like a relationship breakup movie Okay. It's a very there's a lot of genres in it and it's a very different movie. But like not in the not in the Shaun of the Dead rom-com. No, 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 not, not kind of kind of way. at all. No, no. <laughs> it's very like psychological, I would say. And definitely a tad disturbing. Yeah, Florence she... Pugh is in it, isn't she? She is, yeah. Nice. That explains why at four in the morning Scott tweeted. <laughs> <laughs> and a man called Jack Rayner is in it who is from Ireland. Oh I know that name actually. Oh, Jack. He's in Sing Street. Ah, oh, that's why I know the name. He's the main kid's older brother. That's very cool. I've seen so much about that movement. I've never watched it, but I'd say like if, if you didn't hear it was categorized as horror, just from photographs and all that I've seen on Twitter, you'd be like, oh my God, that's the most beautiful looking rom-com I've ever seen. Like yeah. It just looks like summery, beautiful, flowery fields. Of- I, I think it's like the font that the title is wrote in. It just seemed really disturbing to me for some reason. Yeah, yeah and I've seen somewhere that the director originally was going to put it in the cinema. You know, like in the cinema, if if the movie doesn't take up the entire screen, it, the director was actually going to make it have white all around the movie as well so that it was even more pretty so looking. So like an Instagram but, um, post. Yeah, basically. Oh, wait, I like, heard about that actually. Yeah, yeah and I seen, I seen like pictures on Twitter where the director showed what it would have looked like if it had had the white border around it rather than the black. And it even made it look, it literally looked like um, a blogger's Instagram page. It's kind of a cool concept though. Good idea. It's nice to see someone trying to push those boundaries a little bit and kind of redefine what maybe a horror can be, I guess. Yeah, I feel like it can be so, so broad. Yeah. And you can't get, like a lot of people get very trapped in the thing of making a horror and ticking this box and that box. Yeah. 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 It has it, to be a green film where people get stabbed and then... So, maybe by that account, maybe we were a bit harsh on The Exorcism of Emily Rose. <laughs> Which was a green film where no one got stabbed. No one. There was it no didn't even take those boxes. There was one yeah. hint of vehicular manslaughter, though. <laughs> so like, Ironically, the funniest part of the film. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It also leaves the idea that she is going to put her foot in glass throughout the entire movie, even though she does not. I genuinely thought they were going there that way with the quiet place when when she leaves the nail in the stairs and you know she's yeah. going to yeah. come back to it, but they just didn't. But like weeks later, not even not even the next day, like weeks later, she comes home from the case and she's like, "Oh damn it, the glass, <laughs> the glass in my foot." It is. Like, I, I think that's what got me. It's like you're so used to like the whole Chekhov's gun thing of if you see something, it's going to come up again. But then yeah. Yeah. everything in Emily Rose never comes up. It does funny ever things, again. but not in a good way. <laughs> never again. It's like everything yeah. in that film just doesn't matter. That's the review. This movie <laughs> doesn't just, matter. It just doesn't matter. You want to be super creeped out, go listen to the, the real life audio of that woman because that is terrifying. Go watch Midsummer. That'll creep you out. Yeah. If you do want to be scared, look up the real story behind Veronica as well because I looked it up straight after watching it and that was yes. a really, really bad idea. Yeah. I tried to do that, but I just got this pair of like Australian sisters that sing about stuff. <laughs> they were great. They used to be on Disney Channel. I really liked them. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, same. They're great. <laughs> 
actually before all this craziness happened and we were just living lives as normal we went to the cinema to see the invisible man and i believe you did too sean and scott yes, yes we, we did. did we never got to talk about that obviously i feel like we had planned to talk about that with a quiet place yeah but obviously a quiet place too has been pushed back so yeah we'll see it like whenever whenever i feel like that was a good thing to do though because uh, i would have hated to have missed that in the cinema now because of everything going on because i feel like oh, me too it, that's just a film you require to see it in the cinema to make even it if feel. only 10 people had seen it and then we're talking about it online you were going to get it ruined on you somehow yeah yeah i'm so glad they did push it back for that one reason even though i'm i was so excited to see it yeah no it looks so good it's a shame anyway but i, but I don't I, really I got to see much. the invisible man right before yeah, I'm trying to think, do I remember much of, of it? I feel like it's so long since I saw The Invisible Man. I feel like it's, what, four weeks now? About that, yeah. Yeah, it's a long yeah. time. Yeah, I still remember the entire film, so. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was so good, but I just feel like, I feel like some of the effect is lost on me. Maybe when you start talking about it, I might be more like, oh my God, yeah, I remember that bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really, like, I'd seen, um, I'd seen Hollow Man with Kevin Bacon from the 90s, which is, you know, same, same story, basically, only obviously not the same characters but the same idea of like you know uh kind of a scientist that managed to make himself invisible only i feel like i saw that when i was a kid and i don't remember but it's I do on, remember. it was on rt all the time for some yeah, reason yeah i think that I, does say, the more you say it the more it sounds familiar to me yeah it's really weird because like it's a it's a really dark film to be on rt so don't know what mm. it was but uh yeah it was on anyway but that's that's very much from his perspective and he's kind of the he's the protagonist but he's also the bad guy so he's not yeah. really an antagonist but he's a pro he's the main character whereas <laughs> like i really really he enjoyed finished. yeah i really enjoyed what they did with like the nuance of film because i know the original invisible man the 40s one that was that was shown very much with the invisible man himself as the main character too so i really liked what they did with the new one where he's mm. just this literally unseen entity around it, it, it it's great i really i really liked it and I, I loved what they did with um constantly just like keeping you in suspense where the the linger mm. is shot and you're like is, is he there yeah is he in the corner is he hiding even I for ages know. before anything at all scary happened that was going on and you were kind of like you kept waiting because you knew there was going to be an invisible man so you kept like where is he where is he yeah where is he <laughs> but especially i don't know if you remember there's a shot towards the start of the film where it, there's something happening anyway and i think it's actually in his house it's before she leaves or maybe it's just after but the camera basically pans down the hallway just just sits there just sits mm-hmm. and watches this empty hallway for 20 seconds and then pans back and it's never mentioned again yeah like i really liked a lot of the stuff they did with that the the kind of you were constantly on edge because you didn't know when he was going to appear yeah and then when he did you're like oh holy shit and that was the thing even when he did appear sometimes you didn't even know he was there yeah literally literally because <laughs> i really enjoy how like subtle they were at the start with like just small things like oh he turned up the heat in the frying pan so it went on fire it, yeah it i feel great. like I had like a slightly different view on it. I loved it, but I had a few inconsistencies and they're just kind of driving me cracked. We were talking about it afterwards and I know that Scott thought I was a bit like, you know, overthinking things. But like, I think I just like to be super pleased at the end of a film, even if it's like little things. But like, I was saying that I found the opening scene like so powerful, like ridiculously incredible. They covered that topic and the way they showed it without having to show it. I thought that was so good because I feel like if you watched that first scene and weren't absolutely holding your breath for that woman, there was something wrong with you. Like you were so scared, even though I absolutely love the guy who plays her husband in it. And I was so sad to see him as a bad character. But they did that 
fucking amazingly. Um, and I do agree with you on that because especially because you know the way it just like you land in this situation and there's no yeah. explanation as to what's going on, but you know why she's leaving. You know exactly what the relationship is. Yeah. You know everything. Show don't tell. That's the rule, isn't it? It's so yeah. clever. Yeah, I've I've seen a couple of people like argue that on Twitter, being like, you know in terms of like domestic violence and stuff there should be a bit of a background of what he did and I was like no, no I actually completely disagree like I feel like you could feel what he did by by how she had to leave look like, at all it's... the little details she had to do and all those little teeny yeah. things she, she think was, of it just shows how much control yeah. he had he was obsessed over a lot of things yeah yes. he, and like I just thought that entire scene of her leaving obviously there's going to be a few spoilers but like when she kicks the dog ball and you're like yeah. oh, oh my god get out like um, I found it was probably the most tense part of the whole film like I was yeah. holding my breath the entire time till she got away i was like oh my god oh my god oh my god just talking about the whole show thing i think the fact that when she gets away and she gets to the car and suddenly he comes sprinting out of the forest and breaks oh yeah yeah that like it's only one small thing but that would have that that's so much more powerful than showing him like yeah sitting manipulating things because like there's at a point eventually that starts to turn nearly comical yeah it it does and as well as that itself it would have actually there would have been times where you'd be doubting whether she was just imagining things because obviously a lot of manipulation is is more so about how you make the other person feel you don't necessarily yeah. see what he's doing it's like little things so it would take too long to show that yeah, yeah you could easily argue that. that she's just being paranoid but yes yeah yeah i thought i thought that was so good and like i actually i overall loved the film thought it was so good i thought the jump scares were fantastic the suspense was incredible my only inconsistency with it which i've seen on twitter is that um other people agree with this as well is that you know obviously the most iconic scene in the movie is the restaurant scene mm-hmm. i won't yes. like spoil it fully but i'll leave it at that which heavily you could say relies on cctv footage which is not even like spoken about or talked about in that but what i've seen people were annoyed about including me the fact that the final scene in the movie relies so so much on cctv when they actually disregard cctv the whole way through the film do you know what i mean like that was the part that annoyed me with that like if they had have had cctv in the restaurant like her case was proven but they ignored it the whole way along but it was that in the final scene that was the most important thing that's a good point yeah yeah that kind of infuriated me yeah i i agree and i i think uh Part of, it, it seemed to me part of the reason they did that was just to show that he has CCC, yeah, CCTV everywhere because yeah. he's such a control freak. Yeah. But at the same time, like you know, mild spoilers, massive spoilers, but I'm not go too detailed. <laughs> but um, yeah. So in you know in the very final scene, she physically makes him do the action. Yes. Yes. Whereas yeah. in the restaurant, she, he does it himself with the floating thing. Yes. Yes. Whereas if you saw the restaurant CCTV, you'd be like. She didn't do that. Yeah, Whereas exactly. If you yeah. saw the end scene, you'd be like, oh, he did that. Yeah, so it, yeah. I, I completely agree with you on that one, which I actually didn't even think of. I think, personally, I really enjoyed it. I didn't think of that CCTV thing that you thought, which is actually a very good point. I think, mm. overall, I loved the film, and I think the highlight for me of the whole thing was actually Elizabeth Moss. I thought she was amazing. Yeah. Like, I was so on board with her the whole way, and, like, you were nearly fighting every cause for her. Like, it really annoyed me when people weren't believing her and were seeing her as paranoid. I felt like you became so invested in her and her yeah. story that it was really annoying then when people weren't believing her and it was nearly like I was tense just for her and I felt I just thought it was so it was the the whole thing of nothing being there was so scary like that was possibly the scariest thing for me like if I was in my room and something moved now with nothing there I would absolutely probably have a heart attack yeah specifically the attic scene I thought that was incredible yeah exactly it's that whole thing of like the fear of what you can't see like that's so scary anything you can see it's scary but your brain will try and rationalize it and understand it 
but when there's literally nothing there, you do start like you. I know at times you can nearly see her questioning herself. Am I actually seeing things? Like, is there something wrong yeah. with me? Am I going crazy? Yeah, and it was so good in that sense because you just kept looking at it being like, what the hell? Like, people need to believe her, but obviously they can't believe her. <laughs> it just sounds yeah. ridiculous. There's no one there. Yeah. And I just thought like things like, you know, where, not to want to spoil a bit, but there's a bit with her friend's daughter where it the Invisible Man attacks her. Oh, yeah. And it's so frustrating because you're like, no, like the girl, like they're too far away. She couldn't, if they were social distancing, she couldn't <laughs> have hit her from where she was. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, obviously the girl got such a shock and such a fright. She was like, it must have been you. Sure, there's no other explanation. Yeah, there's nobody else here. It had to have been. There's no one else here. And I just thought it was so well done. And like the, the fight scenes were so clever. Like Yeah, so clever. Yeah, I saw a video where they were talking about like the way they filmed that was they didn't they didn't have a cameraman. The camera was all remotely operated. Oh yeah, I saw it. Like tight. I saw how it's done, but that's what I'm saying. I just don't know how you could physically do that as an actor. Yeah, it's crazy. You know what I mean? Like literally everything was done to like a second of timing. Like it's insane. You know when you see like films with CGI and stuff and you see like a weird floating ball in the air and they're acting towards that. Yeah. Yes. There's nothing. They were not they had nothing. Yeah, it was so good. And the fear in her eyes as well when you knew like well, acting she wasn't looking at anything what yeah. what i thought was what i didn't realize when, until i watched the thing was apparently all the fight scenes they filmed three times yeah so they did it well like once with a stuntman in a green suit once with her without it and no it wasn't the third time they just filmed it twice and then like digitally edited some of the backgrounds to make mm. this green screen stuntman disappear so like she did one take with a guy there obviously but then the one she did without it was mostly the one they used which is still yeah. crazy like how the hell which did she is so good on her own? yeah like, how do you land the hits? How do you have the reactions? As you say, the fear in your face, like, with literally nothing there. Yeah, yeah like, how, how do you react to nothing? It, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and you never so want, as, as, like, an audience thought, oh, no, there's nothing there. You were constantly, like, where, where is it? Where is he? Yeah, yeah and it, like, however they manage to do it, like, you know, sometimes with these things, obviously, it looks clumsy. It yeah. can look awkward. But you never once questioned it. You, you could nearly see this figure she's fighting. You know, you couldn't. Like, it didn't look forced at any point. One thing that I thought was really clever that I saw someone point out was that they nearly used the camera as a character. Yes. In that a lot of the time the camera is showing the invisible man's perspective without you realising it. True, yeah. Like, you know know the bit at the end in the hallway, some more spoilers, when they're breaking out of the mental facility? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, he grabs the guy's gun, hits him in the head, shoots him in the leg, shoots him in the head. You can see, like, the camera tracks his face, Looks yes. down at his leg, shoots him, looks back up at his face, shoots him again. So it's nearly like tracking what, what Adrian he would be is looking at. That's really cool. So you kind of like, you get this, you, you don't realize that you're actually looking through his eyes until it's too late. And you're like, oh, fuck, yeah. Same yeah. with the idea of, you know, when they're in the interrogation room, say, and she's like, I can't talk. He might be here. And the camera's yeah. just sitting looking at the corner the whole time. That's pretty cool. And you still don't I never know, really oh, wasn't there, like was he not? I, I think it comes back to the whole thing we we're talking about with Emily Rose and that they're suggesting things, but they did it right. Yes. And that when Emily Rose is like, oh, ho, it might be a thing, but everyone knows it isn't. Whereas this, you're constantly still going, Jesus, was he actually there? I don't know. And did I... you notice the uh, saw Easter egg in the film? Oh, no. Billy the Puppet was somewhere, wasn't he? Yeah, it was painted on a wall. Where? Ah, uh, yeah. It was at the hospital. You know what I mean? When they came outside, there was one bit you could just see in the background on a wall like, to your left. You could just see this graffiti drawing of Billy the Puppet. Oh, yeah, really that's just cool. after the hallway bit I was talking about. Yes. Oh, and the uh, outside yeah. in the rain part. Yeah, in the yeah. car park, yeah. It was oh, very interesting. Cool. I also yeah. thought like it was really cool the way, also under spoiler, like the uh, the way his suit kind of seemed to break at specific times. And I was getting really frustrated being like, how is it working sometimes and not 
other times. And then when they explained that, I was like, ah, very clever. Very clever. Actually, did what? anyone think that his suit, when it wasn't being invisible, was probably the scariest thing? Like, I thought yeah. it was really creepy it, looking. It was so much creepier because you're. It, it. I think that comes back. It came back to the whole trypophobia thing because yeah. it was so much small little circle so holes creepy. and stuff. So it had that similar effect. It made me feel so uncomfortable. I kept wanting to just be invisible again, please. I don't <laughs> want to look at you. No. But like in saying that, fucking Luke from Hill House, like easiest acting job ever. He shows up for the start of the film, <laughs> the end of the film, and he goes home for the middle. Get a nice fat like, paycheck. Yeah, it'd be great. Like he's still one of the like you know named cast, and he's in two scenes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What was Actually, that? Do you see it? I did. What did you think? I'm. I think I'll keep it short because I've got to keep covered a lot. But overall, um, um, I thought the inconsistencies that you pointed out were absolutely valid. But I loved it, and I want more movies like this to be made. Uh, Paddy mentioned there, like that, the Invisible Man is all is almost a character. I think also another thing they did was they like every shot was framed that there was an empty space somewhere in the room so yeah. that even if he wasn't there, your brain was imagining him and also like almost feeling the paranoia that Elizabeth Moss's character felt. And, and it, it does make you think like how often was he actually not there that you thought Exactly, he was there? yeah. Yeah, it's just to create pure paranoia and like overall I thought the filmmaking was amazing and I think I gave it a solid 7 out of 10. I think that's fair. Yeah, I now that, now that I know Shauna's CCTV inconsistency, I would have maybe said an eight, but yeah, I think a seven is fair now. Just because yeah, of that, that has, like, that has hmm. dropped it down on me. Yeah, I feel like, but to me, like that doesn't lessen how good the film was. Oh no, you know? no it was, there's always yeah. going to be something you need to just ignore in a film. There's yeah, but I feel like, like mm. you know, when you just watch so many like disappointing, this was not disappointing at all. That's not what I'm trying to say. So probably the wrong word, but you know, I think I just noticed little inconsistency like that, and then when I saw on Twitter, like a lot more people had noticed it than just me. I was like, oh yeah, that kind of is annoying. But you know, I could totally get over that when you saw how how fantastic the film was. Otherwise, I'd still rate it very highly. I think the one one thing I thought was kind of interesting was, you know, in the massive gigantic spoilers here, but you know the twist in the middle where they shoot the Invisible Man and it's actually his brother? Yeah. Yeah. That was really irritating to me in the best possible way because you know that it wasn't him. But everyone's like, oh, it's fine. He, we got him. And you just, yeah. you just but know. But you know yeah. it's not. Yeah, it I really, really easy. like that. So, right. So I think that's probably as much as we can get out of those topics. I think probably best to look towards the next episode guys what do you think yeah, yeah i think so so obviously this is, looks like it's going to continue on with isolation for quite a while i think we're going to have to definitely do another netflix party as we were saying maybe orphan i think that's a really good idea yeah i think so what are your the plans? circumstances i think 28 days later would be a great one no <laughs> <laughs> not right now i will not be joining no. sean of the dead, of the dead is, is on netflix i can't see avril watching it on her own enjoy it guys i'll let you know how tarzan is <laughs> I, I think when we get to zombies everyone needs to be like held constantly for the whole <laughs> film by like five of us true yeah. <laughs> but like I feel like realistically it is looking like we're not going to actually be able to meet up for a podcast for another while because like at the no. moment this I really don't feel like this is all going to be over within the two week isolation ban that they're currently given I feel like it'll be extended again and obviously if you're listening like please don't go meet your friends like stay be safe, safe. Just, just Netflix party um, stay home to fuck stay home <laughs> I suppose to kind of finish things up we could talk about what we're currently doing what we're looking forward to and mo- actually most importantly what we're looking forward to seeing in the cinema when this is all over and we can go again Woo! can't wait yeah. i just randomly put this in here because uh it happened today but my mother works in 
in a place in Kilkenny it's kind of irrelevant but anyway where she works there is a little library thing and today she found me a Stephen King book so I was actually like well I have nothing else to do during my daytime so I'm actually going to start reading a book basically I just wanted to put it out into the world there as well like if you've read any other Stephen Kings or have read horror books like please send us your recommendations for that as well because I've never read horror I'm kind of intrigued to learn how like suspense and jump scares work when you're reading it's excellent is it I, it I'm does really work. So much more suspense. Yes. And so much better suspense. I think scarier. Like I genuinely get goosebumps reading horror. I think I think the difference, like any of the horror books I've read, you it's because you're making it up in your own head and you're pick, yeah. you're creating the entire scene. So what freaks you out is what's going to appear. Exactly. You can make it scarier even. But like, yeah, I'd love to. I it's something I've wanted to get into for ages. Like, have you have you read any good horror books that you would recommend there? I I read <laughs> Carrie. Stephen King which was excellent I really really enjoyed it um, I'm actually planning on getting through my Cirque de Freak collection which is a collection of Darren Chan books which is kind of more like teen kid horror I guess in many ways but they always have that scare factor so yeah. if anyone's read Darren Chan come talk to me I absolutely adore them and his <laughs> books are incredible so I, yeah I'm thinking of getting through all those at the moment because I have the 12 of them in that collection I've only ever read the first six so hoping to get through them start to finish <laughs> I didn't think that we would ever end up kind of talking about books on here, but I mean, at the moment, like, there's not much else to be doing. Talking about books, one of my favourite horror books I've ever read was World War Z, like the original oh. book. Oh, yeah. Nothing to do with the film. Ignore that pile of crap. The book <laughs> is amazing. There's, like, nothing against Brad Pitt, but there's no Brad Pitt in the book. It is so much better. It's it's nearly a collection of short stories set in the same universe. Okay. Amazing. It's so, so good. Do they still so, run fast? Oh, God. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't. And it is, it's more like classic zombie fiction. Okay. But it's told in short stories of, like, people surviving in different places in the world. And as the stories go on, you see how, like, it, it basically starts at the start of the infection and ends at the end. But... <laughs> like a book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, like, there's this... I know it sounds ridiculous. But like every story is completely different and unrelated, but there's an overarching story in it, and it's just so so good, and it's terrifying. It's genuinely terrifying, but in a much better way than clicky teeth were in the movie. The clicky oh. teeth was scary. Oh god! That's fast, they were scared the fuck out of me. Oh my god! The whole film was... is so scary. Not in like not in a good film way. Just it was just scary. If that I was just... in real life, we'd all be fucked. Yeah, it's the kind god. of thing I really wish I hadn't read the book before I saw that because yeah. that was that was the most disappointed I've ever been. You're film. having a like the book was better moment. <laughs> the book was not go. even the same thing. Oh my god. It'd be it'd be like watching Shaun of the No, it'd be like reading a book of Shaun of the Dead and then seeing 28 days later and you're like, yeah, there's zombies, but this is not the same thing. Yeah. Actually, Avril, from the way you're speaking, are you telling us right now that you're you watched a zombie film? Oh yeah, my dad got us to go see. I was weird sorry, I was in French college and on a Sunday you got to leave for three or four hours to go spend time with your family because you were basically like kept in a prison learning French. <laughs> and yeah, on a Sunday we went to Liffey Valley and we go cinema and me just being like, okay, sure, whatever's on. World War Z was on and I hated it. I sat there going, <laughs> I have to go back to sleep in a dorm in the dark with all these people I don't know in a big massive scary school that looks like Hogwarts but like if it was owned by creepy nuns kind of thing and I was so scared I just hated it the whole film I was like nope don't want to be here nope I, got, I went to the toilet twice so I was like nope don't want to see this don't want I see had this. a feeling it wasn't voluntary no it wasn't I hated it because we went in and he was like oh it'll be really good I was like you don't even like scary films what are we doing here you hate scary films why are we here I was wondering how you had seen that and not Shaun of the Dead no I hated it I <laughs> 
<laughs> I feel like this topic kind of treads onto what I, we were going to speak about next, which was the cinema, but also ties into books. I read The Woman in the Window, which is coming out. Well, obviously, I assume that's pushed back too because the yeah. trailer was shown before The Invisible Man. I read that book. I think it was actually last summer, like after we came back from holidays or I started it, sorry, on the day we were heading back and I couldn't put it down. I, I really think that could actually fall in in kind of the horror category. It's kind of like Gone Girl, Girl on the Train vibes, but also kind of Invisible Man vibes. It's very, okay. very suspenseful. I think it would be like a suspense thriller, to be honest. But like in the book, there is what I imagine in the film could be jump scares because I got scared reading it. Like it is quite of a, you don't know, kind of just partially you don't know what's real and what's not real. It's very good good twist so like that's like a book that i totally enjoyed if you, if you want to read it and can also, i borrow it yeah i forgot to drop it down i'll drop <laughs> it down to you but um all, like that's a good book to read if you're if you're self-isolating if you do read it you have the perks of seeing it in the cinema when the cinemas are back open other than that like what else are we looking forward to Blind um yeah lion manor yeah i feel like and i feel like there should be no reason that that would be pushed back because that's hopefully not because if it is pushed back then i have nothing until next year but I can't see nothing how... to live for. No, <laughs> I can't see how how it could be if it's a Netflix drop. You yeah, know what I mean? Surely not. I it's a like perfect that... time to do a Netflix drop because everyone's watching Netflix. Yeah, exactly. If anything, he should bring that forward. Come Please. on. Yes. Please, Come Mike. on, Please Mike. Do it. Come on, Mike. <laughs> yeah, so we have that. And obviously the massive one is a quiet place too. Like Oh, Paddy's gone. Conjuring three. He's gone. Paddy! Paddy! Is he there? No. No, just keep going. All right, okay. So yeah, we have A Quiet Place, which is obviously going to be massive, especially now that it's been pushed back and the advertising's been done anyway. That's going to be huge. Yeah. And yeah, The Conjuring Tree, we like that's whenever called. that's being dropped. That's meant but, to be September, so you'd hope by then so. it shouldn't get moved, yeah. but maybe it might get moved because of the other stuff yeah, all yeah. coming out yeah. at once. I actually think I'd love if it got pushed back till Halloween. I think yeah. that would be amazing because I'm always like, why are these films not Halloween? Because they're so scary. Yeah, um, having like a double bill of that and the next Halloween film coming yeah. out would be really cool. And the new the new Saw thing. <gasps> yes. Yeah, yeah. that would be so good too. I feel like there's actually like such a good variety of horror mm. coming out and I feel like we'll have it all together now because mm. of this going on. There's one, <laughs> there's one that isn't really being talked about a lot and I don't know if it's a horror, but I think it's being described as a thriller and it's the last night in Soho which is Edgar Wright's new movie that's supposed to be coming out at the end of the next, or the end of this year but it, again it might be pushed back but that could I don't know what it's about but it could end up being oh yeah I mean I didn't yeah. hear of it but it's Edgar Wright so I'm gonna go see it exactly yeah uh, but supposedly it's a thriller nice yeah so I feel like that kind of wraps everything up like yeah we're all looking forward to to being out the other end of this Obviously, everyone, we hope you're all staying safe and that if you are unwell, that you get well soon and that everyone in your family is good. Yes. Yeah. And we all have lots to look forward to when this is all over and a lot of good quality content to come along once it does. Well, hey. Yeah. Gonna be so busy. <laughs> we are going to be so busy, but that's good. I can't wait. And here's an idea. If you feel that obviously you're struggling getting through this isolation, maybe your friends are as well. And obviously it's quite, it's quite hard to keep yourself occupied at the moment because there's so much space to fill, I guess. Pass this on to some friends to listen to. Maybe it might brighten their day off a little bit or, you know, or at least might give, give them something to do, even if they don't like it. Exactly, because they hate it. Tell them, them the to listen and tell them to come back and tell us they hate it. At least it'll give them something to do for a bit. We yeah. don't mind. Bring them the demons. <laughs> Bring them. And also, one last thing is to stay tuned to our Twitter because if we do have more Netflix parties, also join them because yes. that will give you something to do as well. And obviously, we're so open to getting to know new horror fans too and, and that would be great. We want more friends. <laughs> we just need some We're friends to bring us some demons. <laughs> I have no friends. Well, bye. See you next bye. time. Bye.